This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. I just feel like, uh, let me just say a couple things first. Thank you for those who purchased the books. This morning, I could take my wife to Kelsey's now. It's awesome. <laughs> but they are available, so if you want to pick us, pick some up. Um, I want to. I want to. I feel like the Lord. We'll, we'll jump out and pray for some people tonight. But I feel like the Lord. This. I feel like the Lord would want to give you a collective word as a church. Um, I. I came with one thought tonight, and the Lord just wrecked me during worship. And, and so I compiled a bunch of thoughts that I had, and, and I want to kind of just drop it in. I'm just going to give you some scripture, and you're going to have to pray about this. Can, can we do that tonight? So first scripture is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. And I want you to hear this. Um, it says, there's an opportune time to do things. There's an opportune time to do things. A right time for everything on the earth. Now that word opportune, it has many definitions to it. But the one I like is this. It, it, it says this. It refers to something that is seasonable and meets exactly the demands of the season, season or occasion. That God wants to send you exactly what you need in the period that there's a demand on your life. And what I feel collectively, I feel like in this house, there's a demand that has been put on you. Now, now get, get this in your spirit. Sometimes the demand can come from demonic forces. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> the pressure that can come on, it demands something. It demands a response. You've got to determine, how am I going to respond? Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Listen. Say amen or ouch, but say amen or ouch. One or the other. Listen. This is what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Opportunities of a lifetime. See, your pressure, your circumstance that you're living in right now is an opportunity Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, Gary. Good point. Come on. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to respond. Now, you're going to respond one of two ways. You're going to run and retreat, or you're going to go and say, I am not going to let this defeat me. There is something in this opportunity that God wants to put into my life. I've had multiple opportunities. Sometimes they come as trials. That's what they're called. Come on, anybody gone through some trials? Listen, who's gone through a trial? Put up your hand. Okay, let's call that your opportunity. Now, how many have gone through some opportunities? Sometimes that opportunity will push you down and you'll think, hey, I'm, I'm done. Or you can rise above it. Now, here's the second verse. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now watch this. Now faith is the substance of things, what? 
hope for, the evidence of what? Things not seen. Now listen, I'm getting ahead of myself because there's another scripture verse, but listen. Faith, listen, is always in the now. Your faith is not in yesterday. Listen, your faith is not even in tomorrow. Listen, your faith is in now. Now faith. You see, faith is a substance. In other words, I'm believing for good days tomorrow. The the good days haven't manifested. But in faith, I'm living in the manifestation of the good day. I'm living in the expectation of a good day. And so even though the current day is a bad day, internally, it's a good day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That by faith, you are living in what you are expecting and believing God to do. You're believing that there are opportunities. The opportunity I'm in is that God is preparing something greater for me. Come on, now faith is a substance. Listen, you're either doing this. You're activating faith. Okay? The Bible says we've all been given a measure. So you're activating, or, or, you know, sometimes the trial is activating your faith too. (laughs) But you're activating your faith, either that, or, listen... You're living in faith. That's where you're fighting right now. You're fighting the good fight of faith. You're living in faith. You're, you know, so, so I remember, you know, my wife and I, we got married. You know the story. We got married and a couple of years later we say, hey, let's have children. We're activating our faith. Let's do it. And then we find out we can't have children. Now we're living in faith. Hey, God, we trust you. We believe you. It's that moment where you're struggling to, Lord, do I really believe you? See, some of you are in that stage right now. You're in that moment where you're saying, God, like, I know you said this, but I don't know. Help out my unbelief. It's like that, you know, that guy that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you heal? And he says, can I heal? He says, only believe. He says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm in that trusting. I'm not sure you're going to come through stage. You're either activating your faith, you're living in faith, or watch this, listen, you're resting in faith. And the rest of faith is that, it's that place where you just know that you know that God's with you and you're going to get through the storm. I mean, the battle's still raging, but you're in the storm and you know God's going to get you because He's in the boat with you. Now, listen, here's the third scripture. I want you to listen to this. Romans 13, verse 11. I'm going to read it from a number of different translations. Watch this. The message translation. But make sure, listen very carefully to these words. Make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. Mm. We can stop there all night and you can camp on that. Be be awake. Listen. 
Be up and awake to what God is doing. Here's what happens. Another, another translation says this. Knowing the strategic season that it is an hour for now for you to wake. Another version. Do this because we live in an important time or an opportune time. It is now time for you to wake up from your sleep because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Now watch what he just said there. Busy, you're, you get busy taking care of your stuff. Your stuff. How many have gotten busy taking care of your stuff? You know what the enemy does? He sends things into our lives and he gets us distracted from really what's important and we start focusing on our troubles. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Right? You're like, you're talking to your friend, oh, you don't know. Like, you got a problem? Let me tell you my problem. And so all of a sudden as a church and as an individual, listen, it's not, it's not just like everybody come on a Sunday and, hey, let's share our problems. But what happens is you get two or 300 people together. Everyone has their problem. They start talking. Everybody's focusing on their problems. And God, listen, but God is doing something here. He's bringing other people with problems. Isn't that true? Listen, listen, understand something. You will always have problems. I've been serving the Lord a long time. I still have problems. It doesn't get any better. No, it does. Everyone's like, what? Listen. I still have problems. I've had problems since the day I invited Jesus into my heart. But the difference is, I've learned to recognize that my problem is an opportunity. That my circumstance is an opportunity. That God is doing something. That He is doing something. And and the enemy wants us to become so oblivious to what He is doing. That we're so focused on our issues. We're so focused on all the, all the trials. Hey, anybody got financial problems? Just put up your hand. Any, anybody got health problems? Keep your hands up. Hey, listen, anybody got relational problems? Okay, what problems did I not mention that you have? If anybody got problems? <laughs> like, we all have problems. Now listen, if you focus on the problem. Listen, Impact Church, listen to me. If you focus on the problem, you will miss the opportunity in the problem. That God has something that he wants to do in your life and through your life. That your problem actually becomes a message, an opportunity to impact people. Listen. He says, you're busy taking care of your stuff that you lose track of time. Anybody have a situation that at the end of the day you go, where did the time go? Like you're sitting at your desk and you're just thinking about all your bills or you're thinking about all your problems and before long you're, you just got to get on Facebook because the life is, and then you look at Facebook and then you realize the world's got problems. And before long, it's like eight hours have gone by and you go, where did the time go? Am am I the only one? We all have it, right? Listen, you lose track of time and you doze off. Like some of us just like, I got to go to sleep, man. I'm tired. Life is too hard. And literally, 
we doze off. But that's exactly what the enemy wants. That's what he wants for this church. He wants you to doze off. He wants you to lose track of time. He wants you to get so focused on all your stuff. Now listen, I'm not saying be mean and not care for people. You guys do a great job of that. But I want you to see that God is doing something in this place. Yes. And he's bringing more people who are struggling with problems. And he's, they're looking for people to say, how do you get through the problem? Well, you recognize it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Jesus to do something miraculous. It's an opportunity for God to come through and break through. Listen, you can't schedule a breakthrough, but you can prepare for a breakthrough. Amen. That's a good word. You can prepare for a breakthrough. You can't figure it out like Tuesday. Breakthrough day. It's going to happen. I just know it. And listen, you can, you can blab it and grab it and say, Tuesday's going to be the day. You can't schedule a breakthrough. But you can prepare your heart for it. And what I have found is when problems begin to come in my life, when issues begin to stir, when my wife and I start loving each other hotly and fiercely, you know what I'm talking about, right? The volume goes up in our house. Is any, I'm, I'm just, is that, am I the only person? You know, when we, we love each other intensely. You know, we just have those beautiful agreement, disagreement, whatever. I know, i got to recognize immediately, okay, God, you're up to something here. You're trying to get our attention. We're, we're dozing off. We're, we're letting this thing and this situation and this, these problems lull us to sleep to really what you want to do. He's saying, don't, don't be oblivious to this. Listen, oblivious to God and what he is doing. God is in the midst. Can I hear an amen to that? Listen, God is in the midst of this church. God is in the midst of every family. God is in the midst of every relationship. God is in the midst of every problem. God is here. Listen. My wife said this, and I, I thought it was so awesome. She said this. She said, it's so easy to live in comparison to the past. It's so easy to think of the good old days. You know, when it was just us three and Jesus. You know, comparison, she said this, will kill your ability to move forward as a church and an individual. If you compare one season you were in to another, it would be easy to just long for that season and miss what God would want to do in the season that you're in. I didn't like the season where I left my great paying job and then walked into a season where I had nothing. I mean nothing. I mean, I had my wife. That was good enough. But I had no finances for two full years. And literally, like a raven, money would come to me. I didn't like that season. But I can tell you right now, what that season did is it produced in me a faith and a dependence on God that I didn't have before. That I knew that God, listen, was in control of my life. And one of the things that God is trying to teach us as an individual, as a church, 
is that if you will recognize it, he wants to have complete control. And we're so control freakish, aren't we? Like we like our coffee a certain way. We, we like to have our certain thing. Like that's my seat. You know, God bless you. You're not sitting in there next week. That's my seat. Listen, listen. You're about to grow even further. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen. I mean, today was full, right? And you could say, well, we had extra people because of baby dedication. But listen, some of those people are going to come back. You're full. Listen, you're full. Like, don't look tonight, but you're full. That's a good thing. That's a new opportunity. It's an opportunity. Listen, you cannot get complacent. Just close your eyes, go to sleep. Kumbaya moment, hallelujah, and be oblivious to what God is doing here. God's doing something here, church. You got to have a sense of expectation. Listen, God actually, listen, are you willing to let God change your plans? That's an awesome response. Thank you for saying that. The other hundred of you didn't. The other hundred are going, like, come on, really? Again? Yes, he wants to change your plans. He wants to invade you. He wants to do something new. I'm going somewhere with this. Listen, being sentimental will erode your significance. If you're just sentimental, like, oh, I just wish it was like yesterday. I could have said, listen, I could sit there and go, oh, I wish I was on staff. I had a good job. Life was good. I was making money. My life wasn't problem. It wasn't problem free, but I didn't have a lot of problems. Now, if I'd have lived there, I'd have missed opportunities to go across the world, to meet people and speak into lives. I missed, listen, don't live in your sentimentality. Don't live in the, oh, I wish it was better like it was yesterday. Or I wish, I wish my circumstances were like they were a year ago because it was so much better. Oh, I wish it was just the 40 of us. Now we got all these new people. What's going on? I don't even like them. I'm not sure they like us. Serious, listen, I've been through church growth. And I'm telling you, it actually happens. I can remember, we came into Living Hope, and there were 250 people, and we were building a building. And I said to our pastor's wife, I said, by the time we finish our building, we're going to be at 400. She looked at me and said, you're out of your mind. I said, no, 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 we're going to be at 400. She goes, okay. By the time we built our building, moved into our building, we were 400 people strong. Listen, there were people already in the church, but because we couldn't have the size, we didn't have the capacity, we couldn't bring them in. And so they looked at the parking lot and drove away. But their hearts were wanting to come, and as soon as we expanded, boom, they just came. I talked to a pastor the other day. He said, Gary, we went to two services. We, went, we were in one service, went to two services. In, in a week, in the last six weeks, we picked up 200 people. <laughs> 200 people. So, so listen, you got to get out of your... I'm snoozing. Because the demand is God... See, what God's doing... 
He's working situations and things in your life because he's getting you to a place where you're no longer comfortable with the status quo. You're no longer comfortable with your own little world. That God's trying to expand your world so that your heart can be enlarged. You can believe God for more, not just for you, but for more people. That God would use you to be a person of significance. That it wouldn't just be a select group of people that would be serving, but everybody would begin to serve. And there would be new people, new hearts, new, new lives, new small group leaders. I mean, new people serving, new musicians coming in. That God would begin to do something miraculous because it's the opportune time. It's the opportune time. Signi- listen, significance is what's before us, not what's behind us. I've had some great significant moments this year, but that's over. I'm going into the future. I'm saying, God, I'm grateful for what you did, but Lord, now I, I, need, some, I need some even greater things to take place. Amen? Mm-hmm. See, one of the biggest hindrances to the future is making comparisons with your past or with others. All right, now listen. This is where I want to just finish this and then we'll jump out. A friend of mine said this, and I, I, I think it's a really great thought. He said, nothing is impossible with God. Isn't that a great scripture? But I want you to see this. You can never end up with nothing when you serve God. Because nothing is impossible with God. Some are trying to still figure that out. (laughs) Nothing is impossible with God. Isn't that a great thought? So right now you might be in lack. Nothing is impossible with God. You are not going to end up with nothing. You might feel like right now everything's falling apart. You are not going to end that way with God. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I want you to turn to this scripture. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to camp on verse 9, but we'll do the context part. 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9, it says, But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. This is Paul. He said, I will tarry in in Ephesus till Pentecost. For, watch this, a great and effective door has opened to me, but there are many adversaries. Now listen, Paul was waiting. And he was waiting in a town or city called Ephesus. Ephesus actually became one of the greatest churches in that time. Estimates say that there were over 30,000 people who came to Christ in Ephesus. It was a very large church. But Paul was saying, look, I'm going to wait here. And then he said this, for a great and effective. Now, I want you to see this. Three things. Opportunities come to those who are willing to wait when it seems like something else could be better. Now, Paul could have gone other places. But he said, I'm willing to wait. Are you willing to wait? Like in the midst of your trial, are you willing to wait because there's something that God's going to do greater? Now, watch what he says. He goes, look. He says, for a great 
an effective door. Now, the two words, great and effective, well, the first word great actually is where we get the word mega. Like, not, have you ever been in those, um, well, I, I was just recently in a place, and it was really tiny, actually in Japan, back in the, in the spring, I was in Japan, and I was in, like, their hotel rooms are not big. Like, everything's really tiny there. And so sometimes you feel like you're claustrophobic because you walk into the room and you're doing this, walking down the hallway. Because the, the doorway is so small. Like, Paul's not saying the Lord has opened that kind of doorway. What he's saying is the Lord has opened a mega door for me. Like, it's not a small thing that God is doing. He's opening a mega door. And the word effective is where we get the word energy. In other words, I want you to see this, that in the door itself is the energy to get you through and into the next season. It's the power that God has to get you through. Now, listen, your door, it's a personal door. He says, the Lord has opened an effective door for me. So my door is different than your door. Say that. My door door. is different than your door. Listen, my opportunity is different than your opportunity. That's why you can't look at each other and say, oh yeah, I've been there. I know exactly what you're going through. Well, maybe that's true, but God has something that he wants to do in them differently than he wants to do in you. Your door is different. It's a personal door. Now here's the kicker. He says, for there are many adversaries. I want you to see this. I want you to get this perspective. The adversary is an indication that you're about to go through a great door. You see, the struggle that you're in right now, the the trial that you're in right now is an indication that a mighty mega door is about to open for you. Are you, are you, there's a, there's a, there's a context to that. I'm not offended by that. There's a context. If you're at the encounter, you know that Catherine Coleman was a healing evangelist and she used to come out and go, hallelujah. So that's what I always do. So that's where that came from. I get that. Are you receiving this tonight? Can can you see that you're in an opportune time as a church? That actually before this church is actually a door that God is opening and the, the, the things that you guys have gone through, the preparation that you've gone through, the trials that you've gone through. It seems like eight years. Can it get any better, Lord? Can you move us into a new place? Can you, can you open the door? Yes, he can. And he's about to. That there's a new opportunity coming before you. Listen, in your own lives, you might be going through the worst season of your life. But it's okay because I'm here to tell you, learn what's in the opportunity. That God is trying to do something in you. He's preparing you for something significant. Don't rest on what happened in the past or all the good things. Focus on the future. Move in faith to your future. And God will do great and mighty things. 
Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things. 1 Kings chapter 6, I believe it's 1 Kings, and I'll finish with this. 1 Kings 6, Elijah, Elisha, probably Elisha. Let's get those two guys mixed up. Elisha is, he's telling the secrets of the king. Basically, whenever the king, the, the enemy would say something, God would reveal it to Elisha. Like literally in his bedroom, they'd be having conversations and God would go to the king of Israel and say, hey, this is the plan and the strategy. And the king, the enemy was getting ticked off. The Syrian army was getting kicked, ticked off. He says, let's find this guy. Let's take him out. And so they surround his, where he's living. Now, Elisha had a servant. His name was Gehazi. And Gehazi gets up that morning and he looks out and there is an army all around him. And he's like freaking out. And Elisha's like, dude, you got my coffee? Like, what's going on? Like, life is good. Like, come on. You see, he wasn't living in, the, in what he was seeing. He wasn't letting his natural circumstance dictate to him. He was living in another level. And his, and his servant said, well, like, you don't understand. Like, there's a whole army around us. And he goes, huh, really? There's more for us than against us. I just think of that logic. There's more for us than against us. Then he says this, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And immediately the Lord opened his eyes and he looked up and he said, where'd they come from? (laughs) And all around was the host of heaven's armies. Come on. Can you lift your eyes tonight? Lift your eyes above your circumstance. Lift your eyes just just a little slightly above where you're living right now. And see that God is for you. He's not against you. That he's actually preparing something significant for you to walk in. I can say this now because I've lived this. I've lived it. I've watched it. I've had moments where I, you, you get into that moment of despair where you go, God, is anything going to, is it ever going to change? But Lord, I trust you. I believe you're in control. And you move from that activating face to living faith to now you're resting in it. You're saying, God, it's, it's all good. I'm good. Kill me more. I'm good. It's okay. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't have, I, like, I'm done. Lord, whatever you want, it's yours. And then God says, okay, now. I'm ready. And then all of a sudden, you just feel, you feel a push. And all of a sudden, the door's there. And you're walking through it, and you're going, this is awesome. Come on, are you with me? Why don't you just do this? Tonight, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what the circumstances you're in. I don't know what the, the situation, only the Holy Spirit does. But if this resonates with you, you're saying, yes, I'm believing that God, there's a door before me. Yes, there's adversaries before me. I want you to stand to your feet right now. And I want to pray. I want to pray into you just a general prayer. And then we'll jump out. We'll just kind of do whatever we feel like tonight. But um, how many would say to you that, uh, say to me that maybe you've allowed your situation to kind of dull you and cause you to get distracted 
It's just distracted you from really the main thing. Or, or maybe you, you said, Lord, I just need to see deeper. I need to see more into what you're doing, God. I, I, I don't have clarity. I just know I'm in the midst of it. The storm's here, but God, help me to lift my eyes above so I can see that there's more for me. Why don't you just say this prayer? Jesus, Jesus. I recognize tonight that I'm in an opportunity of a lifetime. That you're moving me into a new phase in my life. You're enlarging me. You're increasing me to get me ready for the great door before me. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to see with eyes of faith new perspective that you have something more for us you have more for us as a church you're going to expand us even a new building will come Lord that you are going to do great things through our lives individually and as a church So enlarge our vision. Wake us. Awake us. Awake us. To what you are doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.